G'day and welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. That's OGR, the gaming podcast from Australia. (laughs) Very good. Uh, This is episode 69. Very nice, firstly. Uh, And it is the 21st of the 8th, 2023. Uh, We are recording this live at 7pm AWST from twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. Yeah, welcome. My name's Captain Perth. And alongside me, as always, my my brothers in arms, my brothers with arms, uh, Grizzly mm. eighty six and Pavloverface. How are we, fellas? We good? Hey, hey boys! Doing well? Monday once again. Yeah, it it's, is. Uh, it's definitely a Monday. Yeah, <laughs> it's it feels like sweet, isn't it? Because Mondays suck in general, but mm, podcasts, yeah, fun. podcasts, so it's like. You know? But the good thing is, we've gotten through Monday. Right, we're at the end of it, you know. Now we get to have a bit of fun on the OGR podcast, which is always—I always look forward to this. This is this is good. Yeah, you know? and Cap, episode sixty-nine, big one. Yeah, big one, big one. This it's is a, nice a one. yeah, very <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now this is a milestone, in my opinion, and a very important one. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll but. actually have some uh, custom. Um, Episode out this week. You can, Oy, uh, will we? Will we? Uh, wait, wait, wait and see for that. <laughs> is it a bit raunchy? Have, have I seen this? Oh, look, I, I think it's pretty raunchy. Think, yeah, excellent. <laughs> it's excellent. funny because Cap remembers, but Chris does not remember Cap, what it is. No fucking idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I know what it is, but I don't remember when the image was taken, which I think alludes to. Oh, yes, I yeah. do. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, X rated perhaps, but you'll find out if you're watch, read, watching this or listening to this in the podcast. You'll if you're listening to this live on Twitch, you're probably going to want to go and check out the podcast episode for the uh, you know the image. So keep an eye out tomorrow when yep. the image uh, the podcast goes live. So <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Now, Pav, how was your weekend, mate? What's what's new? What's been happening? Um, look for a change, not too big a one. I um actually. Yeah. Like it. It's been it's been a string of big ones in the last couple of months. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, you've <laughs> earned a bit of relaxation. Had a good downtime weekend. Did some washing. Believe it or not, I'm almost on top of my household duties. It's incredible. well, well, well. How good is that feeling? Oh, dude, absolutely <laughs> pretty good. But had a had a nice uh, Sunday though. Um, had a our final debrief meeting for with Pixel. Talked about all mm. things, how things went, uh, yep. and then when. Oh, yeah. Uh, which went really well. It was we were there for many, many an hour. <laughs> many an hour. Yeah, really, it, was really. a, it was a big one. It was good. Always good to see those folks, though. Um, yeah, but oh, yeah, absolutely. Went straight to um, Mighty Blue Justice's place once again. We it's week our second. Uh, it was our third match: State v State, Perth versus uh, the rest of the rest of Oz. This time we went uh, against Queensland again. It was a bit of a redemption match. We did not beat yeah, ourselves. Uh, <laughs> was it a was it a uh, clear clean victory? Yeah, look, there, there, there was some crazy crazy members of uh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Uh, six siege uh, players of the other team. So uh, Dude, they, that's they fucked. Definitely <laughs> had the upper hand. But look, at, at the end of the day, I think I think uh, Stream Perth. I think we had more fun. I think we had some better plays, some uh, <laughs> yeah. m- more fun moments. And like at the end of the day, I think that was the the main takeaway. We uh, we had a good time, and I think people saw that and 
That's what that's what they that's we, what we um match up against other states soon, Pat? Uh, or what's yeah, the well, it's, uh, we've only got one match left. It was only um Adelaide and Queensland um including us um uh partaking in this event. So it was just the three of us and it was a couple it was just a round robin. Each we played each state twice. We've got our final match uh with Adelaide on Sunday again, I think. Okay. Yeah, this time. Nice. This time will be on Twitter, Adelaide's Have channel. we beaten Adelaide yet, or do we get? Yes, Adelaide. Okay. So yeah, that, that was yeah. our first. That was our first game. It was close, but uh, we we took the we took the lead on that one. Shit, yeah, dude. And now you you've got all this knowledge from fighting against a stronger yeah, yeah. foe we, to take back to Adelaide to really rub it in. Exactly. Yeah. We've been we've been sweating. I think they're actually playing um, Queensland tonight at some point. I might have already might already been finished now. But um, now yeah, we've. But, um, if Sukai's listening to this, say you got to lift, mate. You got to lift. Yeah. You got to carry your team Rise to victory. Up. Rise up, brother. Yeah, Come you got on, some man. freaking work to do. They did very well. They only <laughs> team killed once this week, so they've definitely improved. <laughs> wow. Who, who was who was the team kill? Uh, I believe Sukai. it's uh, Team Kill Tifa is the the, the name oh. she's had and stuff. But Love only it. once, so it's a, it's an improvement. The, the team's coming together, and I'm proud of them. They're doing Hell well. yeah, dude. Yeah, on good, That's very, awesome. Very good fun. We we actually got a front page slot. We were on um yeah Twitch's front page. Um, Pulling those yeah. big numbers. Big big numbers. It was yeah pretty cool to see. Uh, but yeah, yeah, good fun. Good fun all around. Really, very rad, really dude. to the end of the style. It was for Starlight as well. So. Nearly, nearly done with this campaign. Yeah, when does when does Starlight normally wrap up? So it's game changes. It occurs um, throughout the month of August, every August. So yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're about half. Yeah. We're just uh, in the last week now, essentially. Yeah, sweet. Are here yeah, it's nice like 5K or something, isn't it? Pat? Yeah, Pat? yeah. Our our goal for this event, the, the entire state v state event, was five thousand, and we're we're at four thousand. We're over four thousand eight hundred. So we're so close. We got oh, very, very you're close. Getting damn good nice, early. dude. That's very huge. good. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe we can chuck in the Starlight uh, donation link in this week's episode, perhaps. Hey. Oh yeah, great oh, yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so if you are listening and you want to donate towards uh, the campaign, uh, check out the description of this podcast episode. So, uh, yeah, we'll try to remember to put that in. And if you can't, then fuck, sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm writing the description right now. I should probably do it. Oh, yeah. yeah do check it. that got, in there. I'm amongst it. I got it done. For sure. For oh, nice one, mate. Uh, and Grizz, what about you, mate? I, you, you, also, you had a big one. Heard you guys in a little bit, I guess, but on... Last week we got a email from our we got a, we got a, so we got a booking agent for the band which I think I might have told you guys but yeah nice. essentially because we're relatively new as uh, him taking us on we try to say yes to as many things as we can just so that he starts to book us with better shows and this particular opportunity was a pretty good one it was uh, at Prince of Wales in Bunbury and that venue itself has hosted some of the biggest bands around uh, for their West Australian tour. You know, most big bands will stop and play there. You know, names like Gyroscope and Carnival and, you know, all sorts of uh, great Aussie rock bands. They've got an in-house uh, sound guy and a great big PA system in there and a smoke machine and lighting and everything. So we're like, hell yeah, we'll take that. But it did mean that we had to, I had to drive down, uh, which was a couple of hours south of Perth on Friday, Cap, to get down there to set the gear up and play but it was awesome mate we got some great photos and hell yeah dude he recorded everything dude he recorded a whole set uh through his desk and videoed it as well so we've got like oh that's some, great yeah it's cool hey so we're gonna have to sit down and uh have a look through it but 
Yeah, that was pretty Will you cool. Chuck it up on YouTube or something, or I have no idea. I don't know what we do with it. So maybe potentially if people want to hear depends it. Depends on the quality, I, mean, I suppose. <laughs> depends on the quality. I mean, it might make us sound terrible. Uh, from what I've heard, it sounded pretty good. Uh, yeah, I can imagine you guys are pretty pretty switched on musos. So yeah, getting pretty tight slowly. But uh, oh, so that yeah. was Friday, mate, and then. Uh, Saturday, I had another gig in Leaderville, so I did back-to-back uh, late nights. Uh, but, mate, on Sunday, I want to tell you this story because it was my wife's birthday uh, lunch. It wasn't her birthday, but it was the day we're celebrating it. And this kid <clears throat> tried to lift up a drain. Uh, and it, it dropped. Like there was, It was at a pub, and they had like a playground, and there was a drain there. And he lifted up this drain, and he dropped it on his hand. <gasps> and it was just like blood everywhere yeah kind of like you know my my kids were there and everyone was just kind of like it was like a real one of those you know how you 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 do first aid and you learn first aid and you learn to kind of yeah it was all that you know get the first aid kit and wrap it up and a bit of pressure and everything else and that is a yikes from me dog big yikes mate i was very tired and i was like this is just you know i'm not ready for this Icing on the cake, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, jeez. God, well, I hope he's all right. Um, or they, whoever they are. Bloody they hell. Him off the hospital. Yeah, who knows, mate. But pretty <laughs> savage. Bit of a wow. savage hand hand wound, mate. Oh, man. Well, how was the uh, the the birthday lunch? You know, the, was, was the food actually, good? Yeah. It was actually very good food, mate. Had a uh, burger that had like, had this like a uh, pineapple coleslaw where they had like chunks of pineapple coleslaw on this marinated chicken. It was just, you know, really nice, mate. Damn. So it's kind of like good. a Hawaiian burger. Yeah. Kind of like a Hawaiian burger. It wasn't crumb though. It was like this, uh, it was like this chili chicken kind of thing. Quite a nice. Hey, Ooh. actually question, Kat. Those black yeah. buns, as in the burger buns, the black buns. Yeah, the charcoal ones. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they black, mate? Because they off. got charcoal with them. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, I think so. What do so. you reckon? Do you reckon they're good? Um, I think, well, they, they don't really taste like they've got charcoal, do they? As well, uh, well, the ones I've had in the past haven't. So I don't know. I think they're just a bit of like a like a, a looks thing, aren't they? Yeah, right. I don't know. Just maybe yeah, a little bit of good, extra. But effort. I was just kind of like a little bit like, oh, I don't know how I feel about eating this, <laughs> this charcoal bun. bun. <laughs> <laughs> There's a burger joint in, uh, in oh, God, uh, freaking not West Perth, not. Uh, Mount Lawley uh, that does uh, charcoal buns with some of their burgers, and they're pretty good. But oh, okay. yeah, it's, right. I don't know. You know, it's a yeah, it's, it's a, a personal preference term. thing. Yeah, yeah a bit of a simpleton. Yeah. That I don't know. What, what's your standard grizz? If you're going to have a filling for a burger, you're going to go chicken, or you're going to go like come some kind of beef kind of uh, patty. I reckon a classic smash burger is my go-to. Oh, dude, so with you, yeah. so with you. There's a yeah. couple of cracker smash burgers. Yeah, look, I'm kind of the same. I, I think. A really well smashed patty and like some real classic American cheddar kind of on top. And Ooh, don't mind yeah, too much yeah. about the sauces or anything. Uh, but I think those two are a very important, you know, constituent of my ideal burger. Dude, I you had know? a ripper burger with you. Uh, no, it's not at the DTC, at the other place with you and Royals. me. They have some. Your Royales, oh yeah. man, they got some ripper burgers there, right? Eh? Yeah, I actually reckon recently their quality's gone down a fair bit, and I've been we've been we've been moonlighting other burger restaurants, but oh, um, no, which is a really? bit of a shame to be honest. It's what it's always yeah, been right. our tried and true, and it's just I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. It's almost like the chefs just aren't quite keeping up with with the with the quality. standards. You know what I mean? Right. It's okay. it's a shame, yeah. but I tell you what, there's two 
new burger places opening up in our immediate area, which is like, I love burgers, so I'm fucking all about it. I'm ready to go. So burgers, yeah, big big fan. Um, but Airy J in the chat, that's exactly the place we're talking about. Meat and bun in Mount Lawley, um, doing the charcoal burgers. Hang on, oh, I think I've been to meat and bun in Mount Lawley. I think I didn't have one of the uh, charcoal burgers though. They've got one in Frio as well. Yeah, so we've got we've got. I think there might be a meat and bun opening up in on the Vic Park Strip, which is, you know, banging. And then there's also another one called Home Run, which is opening up down the street as well, which I'm freaking keen for. Again, love my burgers, but there's a there's a wicked one, um, a few suburbs away from me called Burger Freak, and it's got like a sort of little shop of horrors kind of vibe going on, and. Oh man, they do some really good smash burgers. I'll tell you what, I could talk about it all freaking day. I could talk about it all freaking day. But yeah, love it. Yeah, well, Cap, what have you been doing, mate? What's happening on the uh, Cap agenda recently? Well, honestly, not an awful lot. Been fairly cruisy, which has been nice. On Saturday, we, what do we do? We did a bit, fair bit of shopping and stuff and just kind of got our uh, collective shit together. Um, I'm, I started full time work again this week. So I've, gone back up from three days to full time so i had my first monday in the office again today which was great um but uh yeah so just wanted to get some you know just like things like meal prep together and so i put together a big spag bowl and uh we're trying to up ted's um solids game a little bit so i made a uh, a baby frittata and a bunch of mini muffins and he is frothing on those so that was cool dude those Uh, just don't as soon as i make something for my kids at home they eat like the whole lot of muffins in a day like, <laughs> yeah i suppose that's the problem with the ki- kids that age being fairly autonomous right <laughs> like you know it's uh it's fairly easy for them to just go into the fridge and just go yep i'll be taking all of the muffins thank you very much um but yeah oh, look no, at this, a lot of fun look at this nice raid we've just had from oh, the jazz cook nice. yeah thank nice. you very much jazz. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my god. Uh but yeah, so I made a I made a bunch of made a bunch of mini muffins for Ted. And then uh what else did we do? Uh that afternoon we went and watched the Matildas lose to um who was the team they played? Sweden. And it was um it was pretty ah. sad because one of the guys at work yeah. Swedish, so he gave us heaps of shit today, which was uh, you know, you kind of just you have to cop it on the chin, you know, but it's it still sucks regardless. Uh but that was pretty fun. The, um the football cap wasn't it? The, Look, you know, uh, honesty, no. Um, I don't really watch any sport apart from esports, <laughs> so which is you know a bit lame, but uh, whatever, I enjoy it. <laughs> so, in all honesty, honestly, the only sport I watch is basically Dota. Yeah, dude, I'm kind of with you, but, <laughs> and I have the argument around the old is esports a sport all the time with a couple of my mates. Oh so, man, and yeah. You just wait till their kids grow up yeah. and they're watching esports uh, at the Olympics and things, and yeah. they're going to be speaking to them about it, you know? Jeez. But you know what? The idea of sports in general is just like it's just a shared interest that people have turned into a game and it's become yeah. popular on a wider scale and then suddenly turned into something that people place bets on. That's, I mean, that's kind of the base level of it, right? Or like, you know, they want to watch people play this thing because they play at a high, high operating level. There's no difference yeah. between that and esports, in my opinion. I would say anything competitive, right? Or anything yeah. that you're against another player, touted against another player. 
Yeah. It, it's such I'd a say, it's sword such fights a... in the toilet could be a sport potentially. <laughs> are we bringing it in? Are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Where do we go? We better do some practicing soon. <laughs> we can, I'll That's meet you at training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. on the weekends. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that was my Saturday. And then Sunday, uh, what did we do Sunday? Oh, we actually took uh, Ted to Matilda Bay in Perth, which is a lovely kind of riverside beach. Mm. Uh, caught up with some uh, a friend there. and Some uh, mimosas cap or what? Couple of, I couple, haven't maybe? been drinking, so I had no Ooh, mimosas. Right. Um, but uh, we kind of just cruised around and then Ted kind of rolled around in the sand for a bit and he thought it was the best thing ever. So we haven't done much sand play with him yet, so that was really fun. Um, and then what Did else? Did he try to eat it. sand? Yeah. No, he didn't actually because I think That's at daycare they might have introduced him to sand, so I think right. he kind of knew not to eat it. Yeah, I think uh, you're gonna do that a couple of times before you realize it's not. Ideal. Yeah, you're like, this is not fun. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the opposite of fun. So, yeah. So no, he he didn't eat any sand, thank goodness. But it was funny because he's just starting to figure out that he can, like, he he can go backwards with crawling and stuff like that, which is great for self-preservation because you want them to kind of crawl backwards off things, you know, when they're getting off like a bed or a couch or anything like that. Uh, so, um, it's been, it was hilarious. Cause when we got to the beach, there was like a very, very slight 5% incline towards the beach, towards the waterline. And Ted, for some reason, thought it was much steeper than it actually was. And so he's like crawling backwards towards the waterline. It was, oh, really? yeah, it was just really well, weird. Well, he's only just, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So he's probably got that from he goes downstairs backward, does he? Cap the old. Well, he he surprised, surprised us the other day. We were in bed, and then he wanted to get off the bed, and we we're kind of getting up anyway. And then he kind of just like got himself off the bed by kind of going backwards and putting his legs down onto the floor. And I was just like, Jesus, who taught you that? That's crazy. Like just Love weird. Up. Yeah. So yeah. he's kind of figuring shit out. But he yeah. So he kind of obviously there's the thought process there of this is how I exit. And you know, make it down slopes and other bits and pieces. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just funny, but uh, but yeah, that was basically my weekend plus a shit ton of Baldur's Gate three. Not a shit ton. Are I'm, you squeezing as much as possible? We will probably get there and has your game and go on. But are you through Act two yet? Now, Cap? No, no. I don't okay. even know how close I am to be honest. But I've done. We'll, we'll we'll get super yeah. into it, but like I, I've done probably as much of the side content as I think I possibly could do at this stage, and I think I'm yeah. mostly just going to do mainline shit now. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll dive into it deeper. And yep. man, I cannot wait because yeah, we got a got a good episode planned today. So let's freaking jump in. Bit of house rules. Just want to th- <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. Um, just want to thank everyone for being here. Uh, as always, uh, whether you're listening and watching live via twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio, uh, we're live from 7 p.m. AWST. Uh, and if you're listening at home via podcast, you know, any of your favorite podcasting platforms, by the way, you, you can listen to uh, in uh, in uh, glorious audio fidelity. Uh, but if you're listening and thinking, God, I'd love to be in the Twitch chat with such legends as Blindsided Moose and uh, Sukai AU and Nux Kitsune, and, uh, you know, 
Pixel Rick uh, and a bunch of other legends. Yo Nibby, uh, who's That's dropping cool. freaking Pixel Nine Tails emotes, legend. Uh, and Jazz Cook, obviously. Uh, you can join them again by going to twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, go, go ahead and do that. Now, if you are listening via podcast, we do ask one thing drop a review. Uh, has to be five stars. Sorry, I don't make the rules, but that's just how it is. Uh, and it needs to also note why you think Captain Perth is the most handsome of the three of us. So you need to tell us your reasonings. Um, Probably pretty hard to do that, maybe. Do <laughs> your best. <laughs> but yeah, so if you wouldn't mind dropping a couple of a review, and uh, that would really help us out big time. So we'd really appreciate it. Uh, speaking of helping us out, uh, our ongoing Patreon cohort, you guys are bloody legends. These are the people that every month drop $5 into our bank account, and we very much appreciate it. That goes towards all the, you know, just keeping the lights on in this podcast. Um, so, yeah, those legends are the following. Sukai, Moosey, Caging Runt, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, Jay Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, and Strops. Thank you, legends. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to join that cohort of wonderful freaking, you know, just Patreons, uh, you can do so by going to patreon.com uh, slash OGR show or just go to OGR.show and follow the links. Uh, either or either. There's all the links on there. So there you go. House rules out the road. Yeah. Uh, now, it's a big one. No, it's not really a big one. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tasty, just well-portioned, meal is today's episode i think i think everything's in the in the right portions you're not going to get too much meat you're not going to get too much potato you're not getting too much salad so everything's the right amount as you should always hope and and dream for so uh you know jumping straight in on the quest log today mm. you know we've got three major topics the first of which we're going to dive straight into starfield has gone gold grizzly got it man <laughs> Gone gold, meaning that effectively the whole idea of going gold is when, you know, the CDs are basically ready to be pressed because the code base is effectively ready. It's it's done, you know. The game is ready to be rolled out, Cap. It's ready, ready to be rolled out. Now, yeah. you know, the idea of a game being done in our day and age is obviously a little bit different to back in the day when they'd ship it and wouldn't need 50 patches to get it into a playable <laughs> state. But mm-hmm. it is technically gold. So... Uh, preloads are now available for the Xbox Series S uh, and X and also Windows PC. So that's using the Xbox app on PC. You can pre- <coughs> preload there. Otherwise, uh, if you want to preload via Steam, you're going to have to wait till the 30th of August. Uh, and we've got uh, apparently review keys are out and about in the wild, of which we got none. Can you believe it? On this flagship <laughs> Australian podcast, we, not a single... Freaking review key came our way. Unbelievable. After seeing this, I did go and apply for my key on Keymailer. Oh, did um, you? Yeah. They probably won't give it to me because I don't stream much at the moment. But you never know. <laughs> if I do, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll hand it, over, hand it over to you, Cap. Oh, mate, you legend. Right. Well, I'm probably just going to play this for free on uh, on Game Pass, but we'll, yeah. uh, we'll yeah. get, get to that shortly. But one thing to note, Grizz, this game... Yeah. Is mm. also massive. Boulder's Gate was like what 110 gigs or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is closing in at 140 gigs on PC and 126 gigs on consoles, which is Jesus. huge, freaking huge. Yeah, that is massive, dude. It, it is. I feel like this is a thing of modern age, right? 
I mean, Call of Duty yeah. Modern Warfare cap is like 235 something. Yeah. For the, well, for I the remember game. when people were shitting the bed over Modern Warfare, whatever number it was, breaching yeah. the 100 gig mark. And then I think yeah. Destiny 2 also did the same thing. Right. And now we're just kind of like in that's that's the world we live in now. So Dude, that's, that's my hard drives are all 500 gig. Like, could you imagine? Ooh, yeah. When, <laughs> like, that's, I, I yeah. can download like one game on there. You're like two years away it. from barely being able to fit a game on your hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> you better sort uh, that out. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see. I'd love to see a stat on the trend on average video game size. I guess, see, average video game size is a difficult one because, you know, mm. obviously AAA games versus like small indie titles that are like, you know, Brotato. I'm yeah, sure that's Stardew probably Valley like 100 like megabyte. Yeah, so yeah. Like, bro, yeah. data. Yeah, it would be. Tiny. Yeah, I'd love to maybe get like some data on uh, the average size of video games over the years for, I guess, you know, like triple A full fledged action RPG kind of style or shooter games, essentially, and just looking at the stats on those on those over time. But I, I reckon that we're probably seeing at least a, a year on year, like probably ten ish gig increase overall yeah. on on. I'd one hundred percent agree. Yeah. On that, like and, and maybe this, maybe this comes back to another advantage of cloud gaming cap. That's know? a really good point, actually, because yeah, I mean, well, I suppose at the same time, like storage is fairly cheap; it's not ridiculously expensive. But I mean, if you want a two, say a two terabyte, uh, like you know, NVMe drive, it is quite a bit more expensive than the one gig variant, obviously, because it's double the space. But, um, you know, if you're building a brand new PC and you want a really nice drive um, that's going to run straight off an NVMe slot, it's going to cost you, unfortunately. But, you know, like Erich in the... uh, in the chat says, you know, disk space has kind of cheapened over the years, which is, what's what do they call that? Moore's Law? Is that, um, you know, the... I guess the you know technology mm. increase over the years, but uh, but yeah, regardless, a lot of freaking gigabytes. So make sure you wipe your hard drive a little bit, everyone at home. Yeah. Um, clean Defragment it up. It. Yep. Yeah. Sort it out. You know. <laughs> do people still do that? <laughs> Defragment. I do. You know I, I, what, dude? It's it's built into. Uh, I actually know this, but it's built into the like Windows does it automatically now on a schedule. Uh, is that right? So you don't really? have to do it. Yeah, but also, dude, like back when we used to defragment our old hard drives, it would take like seven or eight hours to do. Oh, hard dude, drive. I know. I used to do it overnight. So now with SSDs, it's done in like thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, one hundred forty, one hundred forty gigabytes on PC, one hundred twenty-six on consoles. So I mean, even for consoles, a lot of consoles are fairly. Um, well, I mean, what's the standard PS Five? I think it's 500 gigabytes for the standard PS5, but you can get a one terabyte. Correct, PS5. Uh, I think it's terabytes. I could be wrong. I wonder uh, whether the... Uh... Uh, you, well, you'd bloody hope so. Sony Play 5 does come with a terabyte of storage, yeah, of, right. which just, of which just over 800 gigs is actually available for storing games. Mm. And what about the uh, Xbox uh, Series X? Uh, so they've got the same thing. Yeah, one terabyte okay. in the Xbox Series S is five hundred and twelve gigabytes. So if you're running Starfield on your Series S, that's going to take up like just over a fifth of your effective yeah. hard drive space, which is mental. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but it's interesting, Grizz, because now that the game is available for preloads, obviously mm. with that, 
we have data mining that is sort of coming to fruition slowly. People are getting their hands on the actual files yeah, and yeah. I guess decrypting yeah. them to some degree. But uh, one thing that I found quite interesting, Grizz, and I don't know how interesting mm. you're going to find it, uh, but maybe you can uh, uh, enlighten me to your opinions on this. But yeah. uh, as far as I could tell, uh, data miners haven't found anything to suggest that Starfield's going to be using DLSS or FSR. Uh, now, yeah. For the the I don't know the uh, the people at home that have no idea what those terms mean, DLSS is uh, I think it's deep learning um, super sampling or something like that, uh, and then FSR mm. is fide- fidelity super um, resolution or some shit. What is it? Uh, I also believe super resolution. Uh, yeah, I think DLSS is an Nvidia only thing. Yes, I looked. So that's I looked up Nvidia Reddit. versus AMD. Just FYI, it is. Yeah, I think so. I looked up a, a Reddit article on this. People were saying that um, a lot of games that are like AMD sponsored will have no DLSS support, uh, and that yeah. the performance might be a bit interesting out of the box here on a couple of older PCs running older uh, Nvidia graphics cards without that setting being able yeah. to enable so I don't yeah know. so the way that these things work effectively they're pretty they're close they're close into the way they work it, it's kind of using ai and machine learning to kind of bridge the gap in frames between frame to frame to enable a better frame rate uh, with kind of almost lower stat- uh, specs effectively. But also on the top of this, some of these things are only available to certain generations of cards. Like I'm pretty sure DLSS is actually only available to the 40 series uh, from memory. But oh, right. okay. I did find it very yeah. interesting that these aren't, well, as far as we know, we don't know until the actual game releases properly, but that these aren't available because they are, I think, like a really important tool for... I don't know, just optimizing frame rate. And, it, you know, it comes back to that, argu- well, not argument, but news we found out that <laughs> Starfield's going to be capped at 30 FPS on on consoles. Oh, and it's just, yeah. Uh, well, that's what makes me wonder what's the going on. There, Cap, isn't it? Yeah. And- well, maybe what they do is they then drop the DLSS and FSR um, patch <laughs> later on down the track yeah. and be like, don't worry, guys, we're fixing yeah. our game. <laughs> so, well, you know. I was kind of curious to know, Cap, whether, uh, Bethesda have announced going gold on other titles, or is this something they've done? Oh no! To try no. to give us. Have they done it before? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm positive they've done this before. Uh, and I mean, lots of developers often kind of announce going gold because it's a bit of like a champagne bottle cork thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, crack a few beers around the the office because everyone's celebrating that the game's kind of ready to launch. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, I guess my question. I know I'm jumping back a little bit here, but. You know, Bethesda releasing games that aren't very polished, but then announcing that the game's gold, ready to ship. How much confidence do you have, Cap, that this game is <laughs> is uh, oh, going zero. to be absolutely yeah. zero? I mean, there's going to be there's probably going to be like a fucking day one fifty gigabyte patch or something stupid. Um, yeah. I'm pretty positive there's going to be something along those lines. I hope not because it'd be ridiculous. But I mean, there's no way this game runs to uh, <laughs> say the uh, and I mean, I'm just going to use it as a a a uh, a beautiful example of how a game should launch is Baldur's Gate three. Like that yeah. game, I have I've probably run into maybe two bugs max, and they've been completely neg- neg- negligible. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I think one of one of my favorite bugs yet is when uh, when I'm on an elevator and I open up the inventory screen, <laughs> my character's like zooming through the fucking in- inventory screen because it, <laughs> it, there's obviously some weird tie well. between the character in the game and the one that's shown in the inventory manager. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's just silly things like that. But I, dude, this is a Bethesda game. I think we all know what to expect with Bethesda games. And I wonder often, whether they've really tried to not release a game like that after what they did cop for uh, Cyberpunk. And, I don't you know. know. You know? Like, I mean, Bethesda have the the biggest reputation for releasing buggy games. Like, it's the Bethesda yeah. bug collection, you know? Yeah, like, they rely on people to mod them out. <laughs> well, exactly right. Yeah, so... I, I, do we? I don't know if we know whether there's going to be full mod support for Starfield out of the gate, but I'd imagine they'll have it kind of close. But yeah, holy dooly, it's going to be very interesting to see how this game kind of rock and rolls from you know yeah. uh, once once it does release. But one thing to note, Grizz, and I saw uh, floating around is there are spoilers for. Uh, the story of of um, really stuff feels floating people around. playing the review copies and stuff cap or well i'm not entirely sure how they got got it it kind of seems just like maybe it might have been a leak a leak just like a general yeah. kind of leak so um yeah. just keep uh, well uh, it kind of sucks because I remember uh, what was it that came out when when Tears of the Kingdom released? There was a leak for that. Um, yeah, someone had know, a whole version of the game on PC or something you could play before it was even released or something, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. It like, yeah. Um, it's amazing how many leaked kind of stories ha- and and games or the stories of games have occurred recently. You know, in in more mm. recent times. It's, I mean, pretty sure Pokemon um, Scarlet and Violet had uh, a, a yeah, leak as right. well. Oh, dude, um, do you remember Diablo Four with the uh, the developer packs or the friends and family beta oh, or that's something? Right. Like, yeah, we had major was streaming there. on Twitch or something. Like, yeah, you know? it's it's just crazy. I think I think one thing and maybe a reasoning behind why we're seeing this more often is. Uh, I think development teams are bigger and as development teams expand in size, so too does the surface area of, you know, potential leakage <laughs> effectively yeah. because, yeah. you know, you got more hands on it. Uh, so who knows how someone got their hands on this. I mean, Bethesda probably has thousands of developers that work on on their titles and across their, their kind of video games. So who freaking knows? It could have even been just some rando just found the fucking source code on on the on the freaking local Wi-Fi or some shit. You never know. Like it can honestly be that stupid sometimes. But uh, yeah. Anyways, keep an eye out if you are floating around and, and trying to avoid spoilers, uh, because yeah, it is. It's out there now. <sighs> Grizz, one other thing I wanted to touch base on this with you is, and I, I, we we did do a, a podcast as a podcast a poll, a cheeky poll, mm. and um, I think do a now poll. Yep. A, a better time than ever to, to talk about the one we did recently. Now, uh, yeah, every weekend we do a poll just to kind of gauge, you know, the public interest of just video games and a topic that we select that we're probably going to talk about in uh, the, the the episode for this week. Now, this week, obviously, talking about starfield off the bat so we wanted to sort of get people's ideas on where they're going to spend their money or which, which storefront you're going to be buying starfield on now obviously this game's not going to be available on ps5 because bethesda is now owned by xbox so you won't be able to pay this on ps5 sorry sony fanboys but uh <laughs> yeah you, you're gonna have to find your uh your bethesda uh, 
yeah, your yep. Bethesda meal elsewhere. Uh, so, um, yeah, we wanted to know where do you intend to play the game? And bonus points if uh, you comment as to whether you'll be purchasing an edition of the game that allows early access, of which will be available five days extra. And we'll go through how to how you can go about getting that. But, uh, uh, yeah, firstly, Grizz, we had Xbox Cloud Gaming, Xbox, as in... Uh, you know, console, uh, PC on the Windows storefront or PC on the Steam storefront. Now, do you want to go through the uh, the results, my friend? Yeah, mate. So we had zero. We actually had quite a few votes on this. So thank you very much if you did vote. And if you didn't vote and you would like to, you can find us on Twitter. So go and follow the uh, socials there so you can next time. Uh, but we had zero votes cap on Xbox Cloud Gaming. Uh, we had 29% of the vote uh, to Xbox. 25% of the vote to uh, Windows PC Game Pass and then a whopping 45.2% on Steam. Cap, does the uh, cloud gaming surprise you or not? Or is that because that sucks and no one uses it? Do you reckon? Um, no, it doesn't, yeah, I, it doesn't really surprise me. Um, I, I probably expected to maybe find one or two of these yeah. because, mm. I mean, honestly, the idea of this game running at 30 FPS on Xbox consoles does not make me fucking too excited, in all no. honesty. <laughs> and I know we're going to get there, Cap, but not to mention the specs, recommended specs to run this game on your PC are also quite high. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised whether people were trying to potentially try the uh, cloud gaming route as well. Yeah, and um, I'm not too sure mm. what the... Because I vaguely remember that the cloud gaming is essentially built off stripped down Xbox Series S X's, and that's what the the I guess the the games are running off essentially. So uh, yeah. maybe they would be capped to thirty FPS. I'm not entirely sure. It would be super interesting to see what it looks like on cl- Xbox Cloud Gaming, and I'll probably give it a crack on there just to see what it looks like. But um. Man, yeah, I don't know if it surprised me a lot, but I thought maybe one or two votes might have dropped in there. But um, I mean, obviously, mm. not surprised that majority of people will be purchasing on Steam, uh, yeah. and the rest kind of split between PC, Windows, and and, and Xbox. So quite a few yeah. Game Pass users there, though, Cap, isn't there? A couple. Oh, absolutely, and I mean. Maybe we can talk about this now, Grizz, but um, kind of a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, I mean, it's a single-player game, I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's multiplayer. Uh, So, And the game, let me tell you how much this game is worth right now on Steam, my friend Grizz, because I looked at it the other day and I went, are you fucking joking me? 120, Uh, is it? 120 bucks. Is it actually? Yep, $119.95. Uh, and that's for the base edition of the game, dude. That's honestly that blows my mind. Well, you kind of see that's the price of a full price PlayStation Five game. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You're right. It is expensive. It's a lot of, but we've been a lot waiting of for this. It is a lot of spondulies. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And then, like, okay, so talking about uh, the fact that you can play this game early. The ways that you can play this game early, Grizz, uh, they include yep. the following, right? So you can either purchase a enhanced edition of the game. Uh, there's a few different editions. I think there's a there's a base uh, there's a base edition, uh, and there's a premium and, a, and an absolute mad dog edition, which comes with a watch. Uh, if you buy the kind of non-base editions and you spend the extra cash, you're going to get five days early um, on any storefront. Now, if 
you want to play it early with the Game Pass version, you can purchase a digital upgrade pack that is 30 bucks, which is still cheaper than the fucking game itself on any other storefront. So uh, that's via Game Pass. So you could could have a Game Pass, active Game Pass subscription, purchase the digital deluxe thing for $30 and you will have access to the five days early content. So are you going to be doing this cap? You're going to be playing the yeah, early content, probably. Mate? I think I'd like <laughs> to get in early because I'd like to talk about it. Uh, well, hang on. What's the date today? So it will be, uh, it goes live on the, is it the 2nd of September? Uh, I'm going to have to double check Starfield release. Um, 6th of September, which is uh, not next week, but the week after. Uh, so theoretically, you should be able to play on like the first, or, which will be a Friday. So Dude, I bought uh, I've bought Remnant Two Deluxe, and I didn't touch it before the like the allotted <laughs> pre-time. Yeah. yeah, I can still perceive yeah. myself playing it before before playing Starfield before the release date. But what about Baldur's Gate Cap? What about Baldur's Gate, mate? Yeah, I th- we'll see how we're going, but I reckon I might be close to finishing depending on how long Act 3 is. So, yeah, okay. I don't know, right. we'll see. Um, but, yeah, so there's obviously different ways that you can get the early access. But um, now going back to the cost of uh, the digital premium edition on Steam, yep. if you want to play five days early, it's going to cost you 170 Australian dollars. Oh, my God, dude. dude that is other stuff as well. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they give you some oh, shit, dude. Like- Okay, let's go through the 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 edition. Uh, where are we? The digital premium edition comes with a story expansion, a constellation skin pack, and access okay. to digital extras, which is a soundtrack and a art book of which you will listen to the soundtrack in game anyway. So it's a fucking mm. waste of your money. Mm. Uh, so yeah, right, <clears throat> dude. So, it's actually out of control. I wonder what the people are buying this shit. Sure, um, absolutely, they are. They are. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. um, and then there's there is another. Uh, so if you pre pre order, you get a <laughs> laser cutter and a deep mining hel- helmet pack. Um, but yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's honestly crazy. It is literally a full day of my wages. Yeah, look, yeah. fuck. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. coming to get us, mate. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I suppose think about how you want to go ahead and play this game. I mean, again, if you play on Game Pass, you will get the game for free. Um, you know, you'll be able to play that there feel free uh if you want to play it early your cheapest way to do so will be by purchasing the digital upgrade pack on on the xbox game pass uh kind of thing so you you said that you're going to potentially buy it cap this uh, i'll tell you what i'm doing i'm going to 100 this is like cyberpunk all over again mate i fucking Waited, and I was glad I waited. So, well, here's the thing, Grizz. I don't know if you're aware, but we're on a gaming podcast where we talk about video games, and so I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping to talk about this video game on the video game podcast this we is run. Perfect. That's why I've got you, Cap, to, to do that, and I can Classic. just talk about all the other people whinging about how shit it is when it comes out. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to take one for the team, Grizz, and yeah. um, play this 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 Bethesda video game and see how bug it is. But yeah, so. So keep your ear to the ground here. But uh, but yeah, so there you go. Now, Grizz, we yes. also had a little Q&A recently from Bethesda mm. Game Studios regarding um, Starfield and obviously its impending release. This was on the 16th. So it was, it was last week on Wednesday-ish. Um, so fairly fresh information. 
So one question that they were asked was whether people can buy houses or property in main cities, to which yeah. they answered, yes, you can. There'll be dwellings to purchase, um, which is pretty cool. So, and they, they did, did, they say, did this over yeah. Discord or something, Cap, didn't they? Some real random like, people like post yeah. questions in there. And yeah, they kind of did a really random Discord Q&A, which, I mean, sounds random, but also I think a lot of businesses are really pushing to get really strong Discord communities cranking because, yeah, it's good. you know, it's a real easy echo chamber of people that enjoy your game and, you know, they're probably gonna only going to join the Discord if they really want to be a part of it. So um, whereas, you know, places like Twitter and stuff like that, it's really easy to kind of share a lot of toxic kind of shit. And I don't know, that's kind of the way I've, I've, I've perceived it. So I think a lot of businesses like to foster a nice little Discord community because they can kind of, you know, get straight to the community or their community and, and it's generally fairly positive, but, you know, e- easy to moderate and all that kind of shit. So, yep. uh, yeah. Now, the next thing that they talked about, Grizz, was... Now, I'm going to say the, mm. the question verbatim because I think it's important for context. If we get the kids' tr- stuff trait, will our parents be generated based on our character's look or yeah. are there standard parents in place? What benefits might there be? So <laughs> if, you, if you heard that, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? There is a trait you can pick up called kids stuff. And one of the things of that trait is you get parents in the game. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Which yeah. is just fucking random. But, yeah. and it seems like the way this works is, so <laughs> your parents will be based off the look of your character. So they will reverse engineer your parents <laughs> based oh off how you God. create your character, which is kind of cool. I, I think that's really rad. So, you know, obviously. Did, did they do this in a Fallout know, game, similar cap? Something like that? Um, I don't know. I can't remember where the fallout... Was there something to do with... No, hang on. I'm pretty... Well, I remember that Fallout 3, you were literally a baby at one stage during the tutorial learning yeah. how to go through the game. I don't remember yeah. there being uh, like your... Uh, the way that you generate your f- like face and all that kind of stuff kind of impacted the look of your dad or whatever in the game, but... Um, maybe there was some degree of that, but this sounds like it's quite in depth and it's it's actually you know taken up quite a significant amount of developer hours in reverse engineering your parents based off what you create your character to look like. Which, I mean, we've seen how people make characters in games like Elden Ring and and stuff of like that, and it's just like horrific monstrosities uh, of yep. characters that people have made. You know, people with like all kinds of weird blue skin and just fucking you know looking like smurfs and just <laughs> like shrek shrek, and, shrek yeah. fucking <laughs> recreations so i'm very interested to see how the game handles you know people creating shrek in full in i was gonna say full at five uh starfield so yeah. that's gonna be pretty interesting um so pretty keen for that one um, cool. now they went how deep should we go into creating our character's backstory before we start the game um, and so, look, basically what they said is it, it was fairly, in my opinion, uh, you know, kind of vague, uh, but basically yeah. what they what said they was, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of just head cannon. You're going to have like structured stuff. And uh, if you want to have a backstory, then that's up to you <laughs> kind of thing. It's like, so. while we do start you off in the same spot, what happened to you before the game starts is totally up to you and your yeah. head cannon. 
It's like, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, so, it's like yeah, writing your your imagination. Backstory your character, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, there's a lot of questions in here, Grizz. I think, um, yeah. I don't know, how, how deep do you want to go into this? I mean, well, they, they, maybe they, we can they just talk- pick a couple of interesting ones. I mean, here's one yeah. that I thought was interesting. Will there be jail systems if we commit crimes? Uh, yeah, to which they acknowledged absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It looks like uh, real time, four hours real time in jail, doing nothing but eating bread. Not really. <laughs> I think it's just oh, fine. <laughs> I think it's just fines and stuff. <laughs> that would be a great, great addition to the game, I reckon. Um, so it's like low priority for Dota, kind of. Yeah, huh? yeah. So they also talk about things like whether you can be a double agent, which kind of you know uh, comes down to the actual story. Again, that was fairly vague there. Um, what about the um, pacifist mode one, Cap? That's probably a reasonably interesting one to talk about. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, great idea. Someone basically asked the question: Is what would be possible to play through the game in pacifist mode, i.e., without killing anyone or anything really? Um, the answer from the devs was, well, we're not sure, but we don't think so, pretty much. Is there a response? You know, we didn't design the game for that, but uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder so, if Baldur's yeah. Gate can be played pacifist mode. I wonder. I feel like you could talk your way out of it, everything. Maybe some of the, oh, I don't know, man. Maybe there's an achievement tied to that, Capo. Yeah. Yeah, it could be right. Yeah. Well, I've still, I've still uh, managed to remain pretty spoiler-free so far. Oh, mate, well done. Yeah, I mean, I, I have for the most part as well. But, but yeah, look, there's there, there is a huge um, Q and A if you're super interested in in kind of getting in the real nitty gritty here. Um, they talk about things like how many companions you'll be able to recruit as well. It seems yeah. like there's about twenty named sort of crew members that you'll be able to find through the constellation mm. of which. I'm, I'm assuming Actually, they're going to be in your major major cities and stuff because isn't there like a thousand planets or something ridiculous? They're going to find twenty people in a thousand planets. <laughs> what I also thought was interesting, Cap, was that. The companions don't level up with you. Um, ah. So the crew starts with skills and specific ranks, and then, yeah, they don't kind of level up with you as you go. I think you can equip stuff on them, but, yeah, that's they have the skills that they have at that time. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, I think I think I am looking forward to this game uh, overall, Grizz. I, I think my uh, my expectations are fairly low for it because I feel like ever since i've played boulders gate i just will never be able to look at another video game in the same light <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so anyways that's that's your big starfield dump to a fortnight out from release so uh yeah yep. get freaking excited it's not too far away at all mate so um yeah there you go now grizz I know we've kind of been calling it early saying that boulders gate 3 might be the game of the year but i think i might have found the game of the year <laughs> potentially <laughs> Yes. If you are on the Twitch stream, you get the uh yeah, the bonus the of seeing of yeah, seeing what this game is before we speak yeah. about it. So I came across this on Reddit the other day and I was like, what the fuck is this? Act cap. There has been memes leading up to this for years about these beans, right? Yeah. Like people may have seen the memes. Like, where does this actually yeah. come from? Where does it originate from, mate? So it originates from a uh, okay. So the game itself is called Killer Bean, and you are literally a anthropomorphological coffee bean <laughs> that does gun foo and shit, and is like a special agent and is fighting other coffee beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's this... kind of like if you played Hitman. I kind of, I kind of feel like a, yeah, 
plays looks a lot like that where you can slow down time and like dodge <laughs> yeah. and, and just like, nowhere near as in depth but it's just it, i don't know we'll, we'll get to the actual game trailer in a second but this game is based on a two two web shorts that appeared online in 1996 oh, and 2000 yeah. um okay. so killer bean the interrogation was 1996 and killer bean 2 the party was in 2000 and then they made a movie for Killer Bean in 2008, which was called Killer Bean Forever. And it is it is shocking. <laughs> I watched a little clip of it the other day and it oh, is good. just poorly voice acted. The animation mm-hmm. is fairly serviceable, but just like the texturing and stuff is just bizarre. Um, <laughs> okay. But anyway, so it's yeah. kind of hard to believe that they've decided to make a full game. And it's also really hard to believe that the trailer for the game actually doesn't look that bad. <laughs> so, oh, and the uh, premise of the game is actually... Sounds pretty amazing, Cap. It is a first-person slash third-person open-world roguelite shooter. Yes. Which sounds pretty interesting to me. So we're talking procedurally generated environments and enemies and I presume weapon drops uh, in kind of like a run-by-run, upgrade your character, play through, die, run through again, the old roguelite progression, which sounds pretty interesting, mate. So, yeah, well, they kind know. of they kind of angle it towards like the idea of you know no one playthrough will be the exact same because the all the missions are procedurally generated as well as the story and the plot twists are also procedurally generated, which <laughs> just kind of seems really mind blowing. So mm. it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. But I mean, you know, uh, looking in the in the uh, the the, what do you call it, the, the YouTube trailer that we've got cranking at the moment. Uh, it is, yeah, just this this Bean character uh, that is, is kind of like plasticine kind of, um, I don't know, the characters are plasticine, I guess, but like the, yeah. the, the world around them is like very real, fairly realistic. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's really nice, dude. But it yeah, the, reminds you of Far Cry a little bit, some of the... Yeah, actually, that's a really yeah. good, that's a good uh, comparison, actually. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of Far Cry-esque kind of, uh, I don't know, gameplay to it as well, but then they mix in a lot of that gun, gun-fu slowdown stuff, which actually, again, it's kind of impressive for a game that, you know, should be completely uh forgettable uh it's it's kind of seems to be coming together fairly fairly well so it is available for wishlist on steam go and check yep. it out it's literally just called killer mm-hmm. bean um so i've wishlisted it because i just want to see what it uh, what happens with it because it looks absolutely bonkers um i wonder whether it will uh rate higher than blizzard titles this year cap i bet it will I bet it'll rate higher than Overwatch, that's for sure. Um, But, yeah. Now, developers of uh, Killer Bean, if you're listening, um, Grizzly Gaming in uh, 86 and and Cat in Perth would like to review codes, Review codes, please, and thank you. I'll clip this and I'll send it through to them, mate. Get on Twitter. (laughs) Absolutely. Couple of Killer Beans right here. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to kill some beans for sure. Uh, But, yeah, so I just had to bring this up because it was just absolutely crazy. Uh, but yeah, anyways, now Grizz from software, yeah. our, 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 the legends, the ones and only Miyazaki and, and the boys out there yeah. making a bit of Thomas. armored core. Yep. yep. Well, Miyazaki's not technically, but uh, now they've come out with the computer specs, Grizzly yeah, Gaming 86. Specifications, yes. Specifications for, mm-hmm. for uh, what do we call it? Uh, freaking armored core six fires of Rubicon. Now, yeah. you are going to 
by minimum, as mm-hmm. absolute minimum, you're going to need Windows 10. So yep. sorry, sorry, Pixelmontales. You yep. won't be able to play this game on your Windows ME computer anymore. I'm sorry, mate. It's just it's not happening anymore, all right? You're going to have to upgrade. Um, you're going to require a Core i5 at a minimum or yep. a Ryzen 5. So a Core i5 8 series or a Ryzen 5 two 600 series. So mm-hmm. um, if you're listening at home and you know what those numbers mean, uh, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I hope your bloody process is ready to go. Uh, now, 12 gigs of RAM though, mate, which is... Is I that a random that, number? That, well, I mean, I guess so because usually it's either right, 8, Is eight, it normally 16, 8 gigs? 8, yeah. 4, 8, 16, 32, 64. I feel like 12 is yeah. very random. Can you find 6? I also, six... feel like, uh, also feel like 12 gigs of RAM is quite high, right? Uh, yeah, but in saying that, I kind of feel like these days 16 gigs is absolute minimum for a lot of shit. Kind of just yeah. in general, you know, you kind of really want 16 gigs of RAM. Go on to the days where 8 gig was, you know, get your buy, but it kind of comes down to that whole, uh, I don't know, the whole, uh, what do you call it, thing we're talking about with with hard drives and, and the size of video games getting bigger and bigger. You know, mm. the stuff that you're putting into RAM is also getting bigger and bigger because you're putting things like textures and shit that you're using on the fly into the RAM and then obviously being, you know, streamed straight through. So, yeah, I guess ultimately the RAM has to increase over time as well. So, yeah, spew. Just sucks to be you if you haven't got 12 gigs of RAM. Um, What about the hard disk capacity cap? says 70 gig, 60 gig or more. So Yeah, I think the or more is an interesting um, uh, <laughs> yeah. thing to say <laughs> because it's like, well, is it 60 gig or is it more than 60 gig? Can you please yeah. tell me the correct answer? I'd be surprised uh, and, if this game was not more than 60 gig. I mean, dude, I would have thought this game would be about 90 ish. Surely. Yeah. I would have thought it'd be about 90. I can't quite remember how big the um, the install size uh, for uh, Elden Ring was, but. Uh, I would have thought it would be comparable. Actually, I'll tell you what, Elden Ring, according to this, Elden yep. Ring takes up just under 45 gigs on PS5 and Xbox is 49. PC takes the file storage cake with 60 gig requirements. So yeah. there you go. Dude, I've only got, um, I've only got 16 fair. gig of RAM. Far out. Oh, dude. You, well, you're I, thinking about a new PC soon, aren't you? I am. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So you're getting there. Um, but yeah, so that's your memory. Now, GPU, Grizz, the NVIDIA mm. GeForce uh, GTX 1650. Now, the 1650, I'm not too familiar with that card. Yeah. I feel like that might be a, uh, what do you call it? Is that a, um, I thought that laptop. was a, uh, a laptop I one. So. I, don't, I don't think you can get them for desktop as well. It's kind of like a weird generation of them. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Bizarre. So, I mean, that's your that's your minimum spec for NVIDIA's, uh, whereas your Radeon um, cards will be the RX four eight zero for gigs. Mm. Um, now, if you, you want ray tracing set it up, you're going to have to have a twenty sixty NVIDIA, or if you want a Radeon, it's going to be a sixty six hundred. So, Dang. there you go. So that's your minimum requirements, and then obviously your recommenders are you know a bit more than that. So, yep. Um, yep. 
but uh, but gives you a bit of a rough idea of what you're going to be expected to have on PC. Obviously, this game is going to run you know fairly well natively on your consoles, but uh, yeah, there you go. Pretty interesting. Now, other thing that kind of came to the light of day, Grizz, was the fact yeah. that uh, it's we we know for sure now that the Armored Core um, Six game is going to be using the same engine as mm. Elden Ring, and funnily enough, I didn't know this to be true, but uh, Sekiro is using the same engine. Ah, it's interesting. So I know yeah. the Elden Ring engine itself, a lot of the speedrunners were able to switch things by changing frame rates and doing bits and pieces. I wonder whether that kind of stuff would be fixed for this or whether they've thought about that in the, um, the development. Well, yeah, team. it's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that maybe there might be some... Uh, development considerations to avoid maybe some of that stuff, but uh, I, yeah. mate, you know, dude, speedrunners are a different breed. They will find that is very true. They will find ways to fuck your game up. Don't you worry about that. And ways you didn't even think possible. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I have no no doubt in my mind that they will find ways to you know. Ring engines good. Up. No cap. I think that's good. Sounds good. Yeah, neon ring engines great. Um, yeah, the solid engine. So. Uh, but just interesting to know that they didn't kind of recreate the wheel, I guess, for this, and they're pretty happy with that engine, obviously, so they're sticking with it. So very cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that is the quest log, Greg. Grizz, con- congratulations. Uh, you hey, you get all your XP. World record pace, Cap. Very yeah, nice. World record pace, my friend, indeed. Nailed it. Nailed it. So there you bloody go. Now, uh, obviously, we've already done the poll, so we're just going to dive straight in, Grizz, and I want to know... <laughs> How your gaming is going. Now, I was going to ask you first, but I actually might quickly usurp and just kind of go through a couple of things that I played this week before we go into the big boulders gate. Do you first, Cap. Yeah, do you first, mate. Now, one thing I did do this week, Chris, was I got an ad on probably Facebook or some shit uh, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, do you want to try out Warcraft Rumble? And I was like, what the fuck is Warcraft Rumble? And then I remembered. It's that fucking little weird Clash of Clans oh. remake game. And I was like, right. okay, okay. Oh, dude, I think I got one of those as well. What was it like? Was it good? Um, it was just a mobile game, in my opinion. <laughs> um, it was, you know, the gameplay mechanics, I guess, if you can call them that, were incredibly kind of slim. Uh, the whole kind of game is built around you having these minis that you play in like a lane kind of combat so you'll see on the screen if you're watching at home otherwise if you're not i'll kind of explain it but the the game is structured as there's sort of two players either side of one another and there's two or more lanes uh between those two characters and you are Mm. placing minis in each of those lanes and they slowly walk towards the other character and they will kind of fight other characters that appear in those lanes that they encounter or the character's home base, which, you know, if your home base reaches zero hit points, you lose and that's it. So all of the different minis have different sort of skills there in the melee or they're ranged or, you know, they attack range kind of creeps better than others or, you know, they kind of there's kind of this interaction between different uh, different minis and, and what they can, they are bit better at. Mm. Um and the art kind of, style looks really cool. I like that. Yeah, the art style is actually quite nice. It's, it's definitely got that Clash of Clans plasticine thing that we got to, to talked about earlier. 
<coughs> excuse me, yeah. but um, go to three. Yeah, I saw Pudge actually. I saw oh, Pudge did you? Cook someone. Yeah, I did. Ah, yeah. excellent. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so you know, there's a few bits and pieces in there, like you know, there's there's uh, there's little. Uh, gold things that you can collect that, you know, you send kobolds in to go and farm gold for you to sort of accelerate the amount of units you're putting out. Uh, you can also, depending on the map that you're playing on, uh, you can get these little sort of midway uh, zones that you can use to put uh, characters sort of deeper into the lane, um, which will push them further along. Uh, so there's ways to kind of accelerate you getting to sort of defeating the enemy boss yeah. um, heart or whatever it is. Uh, if you play, there's PvP and PvE. The PvE stuff, it's kind of all these different maps that you go through and it's different bosses that you're fighting and those bosses have different um, kind of cliches or, you know, uh, gimmicks. You know, one that I fought had like these special bombs that it would chuck down and another one had all mm. these spiderlings that it would chuck out. Um but cat, ultimately, my biggest question is: there pay to win? Uh, I can't. I didn't get a good look at how the monetization really worked. In all honesty, right. um, and I think the pay to win might mostly be buying the minis, less so making them mm. stronger. Um, yeah. But I might get back to you on that next week. Uh, it. I, I also think there might be an energy kind of thing going on as well. So you get a certain amount of oh, energy yeah. to kind of spend on you know things, um, and once the energy runs out, you can't play until your energy respawns the next day. Um, I think that was how it worked. Um, I might have to get back to you on that one as well. But yeah. ultimately, the game is pretty brain dead. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I think uh, that's probably the best way to put it. Like, you know, you have two lanes, and you know, oh, there's a there's a flying character. I'll put the anti-flying unit down in that zone. Um, oh, there's a melee character. I'll put the flying unit in that zone so he can't attack the flying character. And you just, it's just fucking pretty straightforward. Um, there might so be a bit many- more nuance the further down the line, but what I did play, I was just like, Phew, this is there's not much going many, on here. Uh, how many Captain Perths, Cap? As, Four, as, a, as man. a whole mate so far uh, 2.5 out of 5 Captain Perths maybe yeah. um, so far right. it's yeah, yeah it's you know I mean I'm sure that it's, it's just such a typical mobile game you know what I mean it's just yeah. it's it's pretty fucking average so right. it's just it's just okay. a mobile game I think I think there's some interesting things going on with some of the bosses but ultimately I think again it's because it is a mobile game it's targeted at literally anyone who has a fucking mobile phone which could be yep. your granddad or it could be you know freaking faker from um, yep. lead esports gamer so you know literally that's the that's the scope they're working with and so yeah I don't know it's just it, it wasn't particularly compelling in my opinion but uh, but yeah if it, it, it at all interests you at home maybe go and give it a crack but um, mm-hmm. but yeah there you freaking go now, the other thing I want to talk about just briefly, Grizz, was the fact that Blasphemous 2 is coming out yeah. like freaking, what, next week or some shit, I think? Honest, uh, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Blas- now, what is this, Cap? What, what, do you, what would you say this game is if you haven't heard of it? Of All right. So Blasph- Blasphemous 1 was a side-scrolling Metroidvania set in this kind of like pseudo hyper-religious um, uh, take on uh, kind of like a... I think it was based on Spanish kind of uh, religious iconography and stuff. So it's, it's, yeah, just just highly highly freaking religiousy kind of looking 
two D scroller. Is it pretty true to some of the like actually actual lore religion and stuff, Cap? Like, as in I think history? they definitely borrow fairly heavily uh, for a lot of it. Like, for example, mm. the main character wears this long pointed hat, and that's just that's a uh, a thing that uh, priests or whatever in Spain would would wear. Like, um, yeah, right. uh, mm. but. You know, there's a lot of kind of like metaphorical shit, you know, like um, a lot of the classic kind of tropes of, you know, sacrifice and, um, mm. you know, self-flagellation and, and all that kind of shit being kind of explored in, in this game. And, uh, yeah. you know, you know, popes and all that kind of shit, like and a lot of like holy relics and yeah. incest. Yeah, you incense can see them like the, uh, and, what are they called? Yeah, the incense burners and stuff and the use of yeah, the spales and whatnot. You know? Yeah, just a lot of like, you know, you know, just just nods to religious kind of um, bits and pieces and cultural things, but uh, it it takes a very gory kind of um, mm. I don't know grim kind of approach to all that, and the story is very kind of soulsy in the sense that you kind of are getting very piecemeal kind of bits and pieces of what's happening in the wider world and why your characters kind of you know been awakened and what's going on in the world and what happened and you know there's this miracle that happened and why did the miracle happen and was it good or was it bad and uh so you're kind of figuring that out i didn't finish the game i got pretty damn close but uh another game probably came out uh but blasphemous 2 has recently been announced uh and looks like they're kind of going down the the same route but this time Looks like they're kind of going a bit harder in the Metroidvania kind of aspect of everything. Looks like they're leaning really hard into the platforming and they really want to kind of, you know, give you a bit more options in terms of your weapons and whatnot. So in the first game, you had access to one particular weapon and you could empower it and stuff like that. But in Blasphemous 2... Uh, you're going to have access to a bunch of different weapons, which will give you kind of, you know, different bits and pieces. So there's a bloke uh, breastfeeding a baby in this uh, particular uh, trailer. So that might give you an idea of what is going (laughs) on. Uh, So, uh, yeah, you're going to be playing the Pentinent one and, yeah, you're going to have access to a shitload of new weapons, which I think the weapons... Uh, kind of control how you access certain areas and also mm-hmm. how you move through the world and stuff. So they'll give you kind of traversability options as well, which looks really cool. And it's it seems to be, uh, uh, what do you call it? Seems to be reviewing quite well uh, as well, Grizz, what, so far. What did you think? Uh, did you compare this to Salt and Sanctuary, Cap, or a bit different, you reckon? Yeah, it's pretty close to Salt and Sanctuary, kind of close in, in the Hollow Knight kind of category yeah. of... Um, you know, Metroidvania, um, fairly difficult uh, side uh, side scrolling platforming sh- uh, kind of side scrollers, but uh, mm-hmm. you know it has bosses, and those bosses tend to be quite d- difficult. And um, again, same with Hollow Knight. So, might be a good one for people to um, give a crack whilst they're waiting for um, Silk Song Hollow Knight. Silk Song. Yeah. Um, I'm actually thinking of giving this a crack myself, mate. Did you, you did you play the first one, Grizz? No, I watched you play it on stream. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's up my alley. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Seems all well. Right. I don't think you'll be missing out too much if you don't play the first one. It kind of seems like, uh, you know, you know, it's kind of like Dark Souls. You don't really need to play the other ones to yeah, kind of it. get an idea of what's going on. Uh, I think in terms of story, maybe there might be some linkages, but 
for the most part, I think you'll be fairly okay. Oh, man, with I'm just loving the different weapons we've seen so far. Some really cool ones. You see some dual wielded swords and some big heavy yeah. maces and other bits and pieces. Seems yeah, which cool. which looks cool. So having different move sets, I think, is going to really um, kind of just help with <clears throat> the the way that you approach the game and and you know finding a play style that you prefer rather than being locked into a single kind of attack pattern and all that kind of stuff. So looks really yeah. good. Um, looks really interesting. Um, so yeah, I think it actually comes out on the twenty third, which is on Wednesday for us. So Ooh, right, not too okay. far away. I'll probably chuck that on my Steam Deck, I reckon, and yeah, I play a bit of as well. Blasphemous. Yeah. So in between a bit of uh, Baldur's Gate three. So you go. Uh, but yeah, um, other than that, Grizz been playing a heap of Baldur's Gate, which I might let you open with that. How's yeah. your Baldur's Gate playthrough going? Look, I have to admit, Cap, I have stopped playing my single player altogether. Um, and Weird. I'm now, yeah, I'm now playing through a new campaign with Curdy and an old school friend. His name's Belly. And yep. we've had one stream of that and we've had another session last night. But, and I think that'll be the way that I play through the rest of the game will be in a wow. kind of fashion. But yeah, so I started a new character, mate, and I've gone, I've actually started a monk. Oh, uh, given that a go. How's but, the monk going? Well, I'm using a pretty interesting build, mate. I'm using a uh, uh, an unarmed monk, uh, and I'm putting points into into rogue. And the idea is that you ba- and you get uh, tavern brawler feet, which you actually end yeah. up being a strength monk rather than a dexterity monk. Um, so does he use and, his feet or something? So the feet, what the feet does is it uses your strength modifier. You get two times your strength modifier as guaranteed damage for each unarmed strike you do. Uh, and right. then because you pick up Thief, you get a bunch of bonus actions. So you basically just get to punch people a lot. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and you're applying a lot of your your strength mod. So it's pretty right. cool. You're um very mobile. Like monks are very mobile, so you can kind of get around a lot. And Yeah, which I think early on in the game is is really important because getting into the fray as a melee character, it can be quite difficult, at least I found. But yeah, I, I was absolutely. meaning as in do they physically use their feet because you said they were unarmed. Oh, yeah, so he does. Do he does, he does kick people. He does kick people and stuff. Right. Yeah, he does use his feet. I was making yeah, a really yeah. poor dad joke, but I think it fell on deaf ears. <laughs> Sorry, man. I am so slow right now. My brain is only just ticking over cap. So we're, uh, we're hanging in there. But no, man, it's been great. And you know what? I will say the co-op experience so far, I'm actually enjoying that more as a playthrough. The way oh, they've done cool. it is so fucking cool, dude, because... So I'm playing the Dark Urge cap. And oh, cool. Nice. The, the option is there to hide your private dialogue and private things away from the other players. Yeah. And you spoke about something that happened to you where you ended up killing this girl in your camp. Well, that happened yeah. to me and uh, I hid the dialogue and then I managed to successfully hide the body and there was just a big pool of blood on the floor. And, you know, you can see how like... Uh, if you're playing That's with cool. other people, you can kind of develop the story, but you're on these kind of separate pathways as you're yeah. playing through. Um, and I'm sure it will all come out in the end around what's happening. But yeah, it, it just reminds me so much of D&D and having your own backstory that, you know, you kind of hide from everyone else that you're playing with, but that will come out in time. Actually, it really gives me a real good sense that that is exactly what Baldur's Gate uh, 3 is doing in a co-op 
co-op kind of perspective so yeah, yeah i think they're definitely doing like probably the greatest job that i've ever encountered of providing a gamified well you know obviously dnd is a game but a digitally gamified version of dnd yeah. and the dnd ca- <laughs> campaign um you know the other thing that i've really impressive well that is testament to them is like I found in Divinity 3 or all the Divinity games when you're playing co-op, you would always be waiting for the other people to take their turns for you yeah. to go. But if you roll the same initiative, you can take your turns at the same time. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, and that's really cool. But sometimes it is important, obviously, to say, oh, I'm going to debuff this guy or I'm going to go for the left one or whatever it is. But it just means that the combat happens so much quicker and it's, it kind of comes back to your turn a lot quicker because people do share their initiatives uh, quite often through the combat. So yeah. I found that pretty pretty cool as well. Like we are, yeah. we, we've nearly worked up to where I was on my single player campaign. We've only done two sessions between us, and I'm you know I'm looking forward to getting into the content that I haven't seen yet. And but man, it also opened my eyes to how much stuff I missed that other people found as well, like heaps yeah. of stuff. So yeah. oh, there is an insane amount of content there, and I'm 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 wondering how much I've kind of missed. I'm being fairly completionist about it, but uh, mm. yeah, I mean, ultimately, Grizz, I I just can't believe how much variability in the the game there is story wise, and to do with player choice though is what I mean. Is you know, people are calling this a sandbox game, but it's not quite a sandbox game because people are like, I've had mates have been like, oh, I heard Baldur's Gate's really good. It's like apparently you can do anything in that game. It's like, well, not really. Like it's not it's not a sandbox sandbox. It's like a narrative sandbox, right, where yeah. Yeah. your your experience of the game is sandboxed in the way that you approach the dialogue trees and the way that your character navigates through the world and what actions they take. But you have so many different types of ways that you can approach dialogue and characters and actions and events in the game that it just leads to just an absolute fucking insane amount of different possibilities that yeah absolutely i just can't even imagine how they even mapped this out it is a triumph in its own (laughs) you know you know there's three of us playing and all three of us as we're talking through what we did in these scenarios and we came across them, all had different ways that we solved these problems pretty much the whole way through. So, yeah, it is yeah. crazy. There's so many ways to skin a cat in the game. It's nice. And we're kind of playing it, uh, I guess, I don't know. We're not trying to uh, – whoever's doing the talking at the time will make the decision on on which way the party goes and we're kind of talking about you know what we would like to do. And that's been fun as well, you know. Um, yeah. So we've taken a completely different route on how we all played through the uh, the Druid encampment for the first time. So, yeah, nice to see what, what happens there. But, yeah, just yeah. a testament to them to weave in all those little plots into each other and, and make an That's individual experience for everyone. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. I just... I, I, it's it's actually nuts just how many branching pathways there are. And as I'm going along through the world, I'm just like, holy shit, like, that is such a huge potential for change in this story, which would have such a big knock on effect with all this other stuff. And I keep thinking that almost every time I have a new NPC interaction, it's, it's absolutely yeah. fucking crazy. Like, mm. like I said, this is honestly, this video game 
if any, if you appreciate it for anything, purely just for the fact that someone was able to effectively create an experience with so much potential player choice and have those meaningful choices actually resonate into a coherent storyline that has so much variability is honestly fucking mind boggling. Yeah, I don't even it. know how you'd manage a project of this size, but they've done it. It's, it's honestly, I wonder whether it must have crazy. Been like some kind of app or something. how do they do it? Like, you know, you know, mind maps are one thing cap, but surely it has to I mean, be. this is, I think like the team that Larian's put together is just probably like, it's, it's a, just a bunch of absolute freaks like that. Yeah. I've just managed to just, you know, like the fucking planets have aligned. Honestly, it's mm. again. I just can't believe the amount of choice there is, and and how actively those choices, you know, significantly affect the plot of the game that you're playing. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. I'm having certain things happen, and I'm trying to be fairly vague, but certain things that have happened recently in my playthrough, and I'm and like on the level of like I'm interacting with gods, and those <laughs> interactions are. Yeah. Uh, just what could potentially happen either way with those um, interactions is crazy. I, I did save scum something because um, I took a particular dialogue option recently and the God was like, all right, no worries. Well, I'll just kill you. And my team all instantly died and the game was over. <laughs> what? Yes. No. <laughs> Serious. And I was like, Jeez. okay. So I guess I just can't pick that dialogue option. <laughs> so, like one of those adventure books back in the day that you tried yeah, to get it was to like the you, end and you'd... you died. Literally, you died. That that was it. I couldn't progress the game any further based on my choices at that stage, which oh. I thought was just hilarious. But, you know, there's so many fun things that have happened in my playthrough, you know, recently. And some of it is like the combat driven as like driven by the combat as well, because you know, whilst it is tactical and turn-based, there's a lot of variability in the way that those turns can kind of, you know, take place and, and there is random aspects to it with dice rolls and even just the AI deciding what it wants to do in those battles. Um, <clears throat> I remember one particular fight I got into, I was in a dialogue and then it sort of eventuated into a fight and then literally immediately um, two of my people were like just thrown into lava and instantly died. And I was just like, fucking, are you serious? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, lava's no joke in oh, It fucks you dude, up. Dude, it's ridiculous. So mm. I don't know. There's just so much fun to be had in this game. And I think, you know, there's just, it's kind of something for everyone. And even just down to the way that the romancing happens in this game, it's just kind of wild, like, uh, where you can go with it uh, and what can happen. You know, I had like Gail try and like freaking pull one on me and I was like, mate, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Shadowheart is my babe, okay? Step back, pal. And he's like, but I made this Aurora Borealis for you. And I was like, I just don't care, Gail. I'm sorry. I just couldn't give a shit. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, it's just, it's, it's uh, again, like I said it last week, you know, this is definitely one of those games that I think, will be remembered as a turning point and a a mark on the gaming map of all time. And yeah, it's just, it, if you're not playing it and you're kind of umming and ahhing about it, you just got to give it a crack because it's just, I just don't think you'll ever play another game like it. It's, we'll probably never see another 
video game of this quality. Maybe if Larian put out another one, but it's just hard to even imagine how you would do it again. Do it, you know. I'm sure that Larian could put out another one, but I mean, if you think about the quality of this versus Divinity Two, even like it's it trumps Divinity Two in so many areas. It does, you know. And Divinity Two was pretty (laughs) freaking good too. Actually, kind of makes me want to go back and give it another tickle. I I feel like it. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It was great, but Baldur's Gate Three is better. Absolutely. so yeah, I mean, maybe once you've, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into spoiler territory or talk too much about stuff, but um, yeah. I mean, what what's your party look like, Grizz? Like, what what what's what are you guys so sort of in the co-op you know? uh, playthrough? So we've got me, which is a monk. Curdy is a, uh, I think he's going to go rogue uh, ranger. He's got yeah, got rangers picked up a thing. So that's the that's the DPS classes. We got a, yep. actually we got an interesting we got it's funny we got a paladin right uh, yep. who was a I think he started out as like a normal paladin but the very first combat we got into he broke his oath so he's an oath oath breaker paladin now yep um how does the oath breaking look dude how does that work fucking cool dude like so we didn't re- he didn't realize that he had like a pact or whatever it was and then we went and fought some guys at the start of the game. And then a NPC rocks up in your uh, town, kind of thing in your uh, your hub, and basically says, "Yeah, you've broken your oath," and it changes your skills and everything. Uh, and you can repent and kind of go back, but I believe it costs a bunch of money and heaps of stuff. But yeah, there is a full storyline just for that particular class. Pretty cool, oh, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. I think even like that's another thing that is weaving in there is is the the way that your class choice interacts with the storyline as well is really impressive yeah. i've and had a lot race of as well yeah oh absolutely like as a drow uh, there's been a lot of times where that uh, has played into dialogue options that have been really interesting like um you know meeting other drow or meeting races that are tend to be subservient to the drow, which I kind of spoke about last week, but even just being a warlock and what that means for, uh, you know, the interactions that you're having with other bits and pieces happening in the world. Like a lot of times if I sort of meet some kind of, you know, weird, bizarre creature or monster or someone's being possessed or something as a warlock, I tend to have kind of some kind of extra dialogue option, which, uh, has been fucking awesome, frankly, because it gives you a lot of insight into what's happening. And I mean, some of the stuff that happens in act two is pretty crazy. Uh, and having those dialogue options has been awesome. So it's, um, it's pretty fun. And I think, you know, I'd, I'd love to do a bard playthrough or something to see where that kind of takes you as well. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there's just so much fun stuff you can do in that freaking video game, man. It's actually out of control. Um, my, my team currently is, um, myself as a level eight warlock. Uh, I've got, right. nice. uh, Shadowheart as a level eight cleric. And then I've got Asterion as a level five rogue, level three ranger. And then I've got uh, Karlak as a level five barbarian, level three uh, paladin. And I must say the barbarian paladin build is fucking pretty stupid good. strong. It is out of is control. It? Yeah. 
The amount of damage coming out of Karlak is just ridiculous. And she's got like 90 hit points. It's just freaking stupid. She, oh yeah, man, no. I've had so many close calls where Karlak's just run around, smacked everything to death, and I've been like, "Sweet, awesome, <laughs> thank God you're no alive." Easy game. Oh, what man. about your uh, Hysterian? What uh, rogue uh, subclass did you go, Kat? So I went the. Um, which one did I go? I went the um, assassin. The spell. <clears throat> oh, the yeah. assassin. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. I do a lot of crit damage, and I do it very mm-hmm. often, uh, mm-hmm. and. I, do, I mostly use Asterian as a ranger anyway, and so that's why oh, I, yeah, I built yeah. into ranger. So when I hit level five ranger, I'll be doing two ranged attacks, which is going to be just ridiculous. Absolutely you bullshit OP. some ranged feats to get crossbow expert or anything like that? Uh, yes, I've got crossbow expert from memory, um, which is, again, yeah, no. just the, honestly, Asterian also pumps out an insane amount of damage. So it's... Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really enjoying the sort of theory crafting of setting up my team party. It's cool, normally, eh? Yeah, yeah. It, it is because normally in other games where I've had to manage multiple characters, I've just kind of always been like, oh, God's sakes, there's going to be one yeah, character. Yeah, you, just, have, you is... just want to have your own character, don't you? Yeah, but exactly. They play, where, such where a pivotal, oh, man. they play such a pivotal part of your uh, your combat every time. You know, you need utility and yeah. having someone to heal. And, you know, like I think it, really plays out that you yeah invest in your uh, progression of the more it's kind of the perfect blend of like it's also not super overbearing with the amount of information you have to get through to figure out what you want to do with those characters either um mm. so yeah i'm i'm just very pleasantly surprised that i'm playing a video game that sees me managing multiple characters and i'm actually not too mad about it because traditionally i have just not had time for that i've, I've not really enjoyed it so yeah ultimately Grizz, Baldur's gate 3 fucking excellent video game yep. so there you go game we'll keep the talking year, about just it each behind week, uh potato and then in comes yeah, very uh, close second yeah, very close, very yeah. close. Then probably Killer Bean somewhere behind there as well, I reckon. Yeah, definitely Killer Bean's going to be in there for sure. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Now, Grizz, yes, it's mate. time. Rapid Fire News, brought to you by DJ Francesco. It's in the freaking game, baby. Big thanks to DJ Francesco for another week of Rapid Fire News, you legend, starting with... The Xbox 360 store will be closing down in July 2024. Ooh. But don't worry, your uh, your your purchased video games will be available on the Xbox Series X and S storefronts if you want to per- <laughs> download them. So there you go. Cassie's like, no, you lose all your <laughs> shit, mate. Unlucky. Yep. So we're um, coming to Xbox Game Pass available today. Everspace Two, uh, Firewatch is coming August 17th, which is Texas out now technically. Is it? Oh, yeah. I never played that. Looks cool, though. Uh, yep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming August 18th. That's been very popular on Twitch, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Looks fun. Uh, and then later in the month, Cap, August 29th, we get Sea of Stars coming. Cool. Dude, Sea of Stars. So we've got Blasphemous on Wednesday and then Sea of Stars the following Tuesday. Jeez. That's cray-cray. It is crazy. <clears throat> Video games, lots of them. Um very cool, Grizz. Uh, also, Firewatch, excellent indie game. Um, incredibly uh, unnerving uh, in ways that I didn't expect. Uh, and um, yeah, it was it was 
kind of it's almost a horror game, but not really. It's but, crazy. Very fun you, to play. It, it has relaxing <laughs> moments, doesn't it? You're in the bush watching fires hanging out. Yeah, it, it does. But then things happen and you're like, okay, that was really weird. And um, now I'm by myself here and, oh, my God, I'm in the middle of the fucking bush by myself and what the fuck's just happened? And Yeah, honestly, there's there's things that happen in that game I don't want to ruin for anyone, but you definitely should play Firewatch if you haven't played it before. It's such a ripper. Um so yeah, there you go. All right, Grizz, Vampire Survivors patch 1.6 is coming out and it includes, well, it's already out actually. It includes local co-op and a new Ooh. engine which will enable them to Ooh. do all kinds of cool um, new features that they weren't possible with the old engine. Uh, and it's also available on Twitch. So there you go. Dang, very cool, Cap. Uh, Vampire Survivors, nearly as good as Brotato, nearly. Uh, High Fry Rush, Cap, has reached a total of 3 million players. Huge. The uh, link that we've got for that announcement is in a language I can't read, Cap, which is pretty cool as well. I like oh. that. Yeah, I think it's Japanese, but um, but yeah, um, three million players is, is nothing to scoff That's at. So fault. well done to yeah. them. Huge. Um, now, Grizz, embrace a group. This is the group that purchased um, a few Square Enix bits and pieces, like uh, they have the Deus Ex. Um, IP, they also have Tomb Raider, shit like that. They are doing yep. a global review of existing pipelines of games in, in an effort to optimize return on investment. Sounds like, because they did a massive kind of push to buy a shitload of studios and now I'm wondering whether maybe they bit off a bit more than they can chew. Or maybe they're like, ooh, we're not really making as much money as we thought we're going to make. Rip. So, or Cap, hear me out. What happens if they bought their, uh, you know, their competition out to then go, right, now we're just going to get rid of your studios and not have to worry about the competition anymore. Probably <laughs> unlikely, but you never know, yeah. mate. Well, you never that know. Suck, I mean, strange things Cap, seriously, I've just overspent a bit. And need to I think, yeah, maybe it it's an overspend and, you know, probably I think maybe they were purchasing, you know, I'm just trying to think roughly when they kind of bought stuff out during COVID and how much of an effect that might have had. But yeah. I don't know. I've, maybe we're kind of getting to a stage now where things just aren't quite getting there. So I, I don't know. Interesting. So, hmm. yeah, interesting. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 copped a patch cap. Uh, they fixed many bugs, uh, some of which uh, stabilizing their multiplayer uh, experience. But, you know, kind of like we said, it's not a very buggy game. They've actually done quite a good job. Some minor ones here and there. Uh, but yeah, if you want to go check that out, there is a bit of a blog post around what they have fixed and uh, what they haven't. But you know what's actually surprised me, Cap, is the <clears throat> the lack of or requirement of balancing things in that game, given the scope of, well, I guess it has D&D, but all the items and stuff as well in there. Like I feel like there hasn't been a heap of that, which is impressive. Yeah, Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, I haven't found anything particularly unbalanced or anything, but I did find one thing that had a whole quest line behind it and it's a particular weapon. I won't, again, I won't reveal too much, but it was like some Indiana Jones level shit of, you know, like uncovering this ancient artifact and it's insanely strong actually. Uh, but for good reason, it is a orange weapon, but yeah, 
Very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, anyways. Uh, Grizz, Overwatch 2 director addresses Steam review bombing, stating whilst the review bombing was not a fun experience, they said in quotation marks, uh, the game's launch on Steam was seen as a net positive as it allowed new players to experience the <laughs> shitstorm that is Overwatch 2. So that's that's a great silver wow, lining. Wow, did he call it a shitstorm? Uh, Fucking yeah. hell, man. Even he doesn't believe in it. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Very good, yeah. Overwatch 2 director. Um. Cap, you'd be interested in this one. I think this is interesting. But uh, WoW Classic is getting a uh, the next the next patch. It is getting a dungeon finder. So apparently, there's some Whoa. people not too stoked about that. I bet there isn't. That, yeah, that original. Wow. Experience. Okay. Mm. Holy shit! That seems like a bad choice. Honestly, I don't know if I agree with that. Because I think the people who like WoW Classic like it for certain reasons, and certain reasons are generally because there's very little quality of life <laughs> in yeah. that fucking video game, and everything you gotta sucks. Got to fucking run everywhere, and <laughs> yeah, you know, got to wait till like level thirty to get them out, and it costs you a thousand gold. Yeah, talk about um, you know when you're talking about um, Blizzard making Diablo Four uh, in a way that made you just lo- fucking waste your time. I mean, <laughs> fucking, that's a perfect example of wasting your time. That is so true, dude. That is so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Grizz. Now, Sega rumors a a, a potential Dreamcast mini console uh, was too expensive to make. So apparently, there it was in development, but they decided that it's just going to be way too expensive yeah. to put together, which is surprising actually i think it's like going to cost like 300 bucks or something for the console which the other minis are all pretty cheap it doesn't yeah. doesn't surprise me because the dreamcast like the actual controllers had like a little lcd mini screen in it and those obviously would play into your video games as well so um the, the dreamcast was a banger of a console by the way like i had one i don't know i don't know how my mum got it i think she got it like at an op shop or something random and i right. remember playing um sonic on there and it had i think you could hatch an egg or some shit off the off the off the dreamcast controller lcd screen and it was just as a kid i just thought it was the craziest fucking console i'd ever seen yeah. in my life it was a bit wacky wasn't it it's was kind of like yeah. before the wii but it was kind of, you know, trying to do something a bit different. Yeah. 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 It was, cool. it was a shame it didn't work out, but um, yeah. I, yeah. Crazy console. Crazy. Um, Cap, Netflix obviously are, have been dipping their toes uh, in the gaming uh, bits and pieces for a while. Well, they're beta testing this uh, uh, gaming controller that use, uses like your phone as the controller. Kind of, you know, how you have the yeah. mobile gaming where you've got little touch pads and X, Y, and bits and pieces on there but the idea is that you can use your phone as the controller and use your tv or a or a pc as the as the gaming device and yeah uh, and and kind of use it that way so that's being trialed in uk and canada i just thought that was interesting and now Grizz, yeah. the reason they're doing this is because they are going to be doing video game streaming yeah right that's pretty cool because they had this weird thing that. going on with your netflix app where you could sign into the app and then download games through the app store for free off your subscription. Uh, but it seems like they're going to be having video games uh, streamable through your actual service soon. And obviously this this controller seems to be a part of that as well. But uh, I think the idea is to have games like Oxenfree and a few other bits and pieces. I think Moonlighter might be an option as well for stream streamability. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, too. pretty interesting. Now, Grizz. Mm. COD 3 has been revealed, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. I think it was revealed in-game, in an in-game event on Modern Warfare um, 
battle zone. What the fuck do they call the the freaking war zone too? Is that war it? zone, <laughs> battle zone. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Battle zone. Uh, yeah. Battle zone. Uh, they had an in-game event that kind of announced the uh, the next Call of Duty game, and this next iteration is set to have the largest zombies uh, game mode yeah. offering to date. So there you go. It's pretty cool. Um, that kind yeah. of excites me. I, I actually, well, you know, I, I like the zombies thing, and those people yeah. don't may not know what that is. It's kind of like a horde, a horde, horde mode, mode zombie Co-op thing with your friends, yeah. yeah, and you kind of kill zombies and you you buy upgrades and you slowly work your way through. Yeah, um, bit of fun. It's pretty cool. Um, Cap yeah, Dave the Diver gets a major update. Uh, it includes some improvements to gameplay. I don't know how they could improve the gameplay. Cap's already pretty perfect. Uh, they've included some accessibility features and some bug fixes as well. So um, that is active now if you want to jump back into that game. Pretty good time to do so. Pretty radical. Now, Grizzly Gaming 86, Baldur's Gate 3 Collector's Edition resale is uh, appearing on some online sales communities such as eBay, etc., at an average of 2,000 USD and climbing, which is out of control, yeah. but completely understandable. Um, yeah, pretty popular game. The, the contents so- of which comes with like a really cool Ithlid statue and it looks like um, Karlak or some shit's fighting against it. You get... Yeah. Um, uh, what else do you get? You get character sheets, uh, like it's a parchment cool. map or some shit. Um, you get a, an oversized metal D20, which looks radical. Mm. Um, 160-page hardcover art book, a cloth map of Faerun, a key ring, a certificate of authenticity. Yeah. Um, you know. It's kind of crazy because you could see that if this game didn't pop like it did, that the collector's edition would just kind of be like, mm, there, you know, not that great. But because this game has been so fucking popular, like I would love to have this, dude. I would love oh, to have a collector's edition now. I wish I had it like, as well now, in yeah. retrospect. But it's always in retrospect, isn't it, my friend? The art book, mate, would be fantastic. It just looks a oh. great coffee table book, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Now, Grizz, that is the Rapid Fire News. And that is the episode. Just want to thank everyone for being here, being freaking legends. Just generally, you guys rock. Um, and uh, we'll catch you next week. But before we go, just want to say uh, to those listening at home, uh, thank you. Big time. Um, drop a review. Uh, tell someone about us. We'd really appreciate it. You can listen to us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, you can go to ogr.show to find all of our wonderful links to our Twitter where you can join the p- weekly poll, our Discord where you can come and join the conversation, post a question, ask us shit. We'll ask you shit, you know. It's great mm-hmm. in there. Sure. Um, you can also go and join our Patreon and spend five bucks a month that goes straight to us and we'd really appreciate it. Um, you can do that by going to OJR show as well. So otherwise, um, the only other link that you might need is twitch.tv slash Gaming Radio. You can watch this show every Monday night from 7 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time. Okay? We're live. You can join a bunch of freaking legends in here. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Now, um, that's it. That's it from us. That's it from me. Uh, anything else to say, boys? All good for me, Capo? Nada. There Even you go. Well, anyways, dream. we'll see you guys next week on the Oceanic Gaming Radio. Peace out.